Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Series Regular, the Hollywood Reporter's all-in podcast on genre television, except when it occasionally moonlights as a podcast about Survivor. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wigler, your host here on Series Regular, and we are back in the moonlight because I am once again taking you back to the Mamanuka Islands of Fiji, the shooting location for CBS's Survivor, where I was a fly on the wall for the first week of production on Island of the Idols, the 39th season of the reality franchise that premiered its first episode on September 25th. Now, as I told you before, there was no first one out podcast series this season. But did I ever say there wouldn't be a first one out interview? I don't know about that. What follows is a closer look at the first one out of Survivor Island of the Idols. Major spoilers from the season 39 premiere are ahead. And they're coming your way after the following legendary moment from Survivor's very first Tribal Council. tribe has spoken. Go get him, guys. Thanks, Sonia. Okay. Before we go from the first first one out in Survivor history to the latest first one out in Survivor history, how about some music? What you're about to hear is something that you've already heard before, if you listen to my Island of the Idols preview podcast here on Series Regular. It's the 10 members of the Lyro tribe sitting in their shelter to take cover from the sweltering Fijian heat, entertaining each other with a Survivor rap battle. It'll be hard not to notice superfan Chelsea Walker's freestyle flow, but... Do your best to concentrate on the sweet beat running underneath. Get her. Time for a closer look at the man behind the beatbox, Ronnie Barda, the fourth professional poker player to step into the Survivor ring and the first one out 
of Survivor Island of the Idols. Before the season began, I sat down with all 20 of the new players for some wide-ranging conversations about their backstories and their plans for the season ahead. Ronnie was the first person to come across my proverbial desk. He was understandably a much more hopeful person on that long-ago day in the jungle, even though he was already fairly used to losing major events in early and epic fashion. Yeah, I think poker players, I mean, I'm the fourth one who's been on the show. Yeah. Um, you You've have, played with Jean Robert, right? You've yeah. Played poker with yeah, him. Yeah. Have you seen the shark? Yeah, I, I, I watched a little bit of that before you came <laughs> before I came out here because I was like, this. All right, poker player Jean Robert has played before. These guys have to have connected. Before. And then you've seen the video of us playing. A little but... tiny bit. What happened? Spoil it for me. Oh, okay. Well, that's just a clip. That's actually one of the most viewed poker hands of all time, where okay. I was actually bluffed out of the pot by a supermodel. It was the first hand that was dealt on that uh, specific show called the Shark Cage, which was filmed in Barcelona and they had two seasons. Okay. And then they actually brought me back because that hand was so crazy and controversial for the second season in Monaco. Well, there was like, they shot in different places, but my episode is actually aired in Monaco. But John Robert's there, six of us at the table. It's a million dollar take all, but you have to win your first table and you move to the next one. But I was, I was bluffed out of this, you know, bluffed out from this girl. She made a really sick play. She had no idea what she was actually doing. Yeah. But all the stars aligned. And, yeah, sure. And like it could happen in Survivor. That's Survivor for you, man. You just spelled you know, out Survivor. You can, you can play, you can do everything perfectly. You can, you can say the right things. You can do the right things. If somebody has an advantage and, and an idle nullifier and, and this one says the right thing to this person, you yeah. think you have your all, your, all your, you know, things lined up correctly. But guess what? You know, just like that, you're out of there. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta really smell it when it gets down to, it. and you can, you just gotta claw and scrape and try everything you can do in this game. Ronnie entered season 39, planning to lie about his profession as a poker player. You heard that for yourself in the premiere. He may have done all the jobs he listed out at tribal council, but he omitted a big piece of his story too. Having to tell such a sizable lie about your fundamental self does not typically work out so well for prospective survivor players, with a few notable exceptions, of course. <laughs> but even without revealing his career to his fellow survivors, Ronnie's odds heading into the season were not exactly in his favor. At least that's the case according to some of the people who wound up on his tribe who I spoke with for their first impressions of all of their future opponents. Here's Elaine, the person who would have originally gone home if Ronnie had it his way. Oh, I'd cut his ass. Yeah, I'd send him home. It reminds me of my brother. I'd send him home. <laughs> he does. My, all my brothers are older than me, but my youngest brother, he reminds me of him for some reason. And my my uh, youngest brother, like, he can be shady. And I, if I could associate that with him, I'd have to get rid of him because, you know, can't, I can't be having my, my bigger bro get, get you know, ahead of me or whatever. So I'd have to cut him the first <laughs> chance I got, you know? Here's Dean, who you didn't hear much from in the premiere, calling his shot on Ronnie. He kind of thinks he's a big shot. I feel like he could be annoying to some people. I feel like he's a good guy to get the heat off me. Oddly enough, even the one person who wound up voting with Ronnie in the end, Aaron, he wasn't so keen on working with Ronnie heading into the game either. I just not getting good vibes from him and it sucks because I'm trying not to pass like judgment like that but he just doesn't carry himself like somebody who I would want to work with. Would things have worked out differently for Ronnie with a different group of players on his beach? Maybe. At the very least there were more people on the rival Vokai tribe who seemed primed and ready to work with him such as Lauren, Nora, and Molly. It's funny with him at first I was like uh -uh, I'm, I'm not working with him because he seems he's got this like thick like Jersey accent and like he's very like kind of rough around the edges and super like he scares me 
But I think that's the kind of person I want to align myself with. Interesting. Someone who scares you a little bit? Someone who scares me. Because you need to bring your enemies closer. And I think with him, he's someone, he seems like a talker that could just, you know, kind of weasel his way out of any situation. And that I want to align myself with you because I want to make you feel good, 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 good. So you don't come for me. And I think that he could be a buffer for me potentially as well. I don't know why I like him. I like him a lot. Okay. Um, I've dated a lot of guys that look like the, the guys I've dated that I liked the most. I mean, I've dated a lot of guys. They look very middle Eastern, you know, olive skin, dark hair. Um, They've got some swag. They've got some mystery. They know how to dress nicely. Um, their manners, like I can see for what his manners are like and like how he is around women. And I like that. And um, and he gives me those eyes. Like I actually don't feel like that with a lot of people. And he gives me those eyes where I'm like, you're looking into my soul. Stop looking in there. <laughs> so I like him. He has a warmth to him. And I feel like he's everywhere. Whenever I'm somewhere, I'm like, you're right there. You're tense next to mine. Yeah. Like you're everywhere. He's actually right here. Just oh, kidding. Like he's here. not. He's not. He is so cute, and I I think there's going to be something there. Okay. Stay tuned, people. Okay, cool. He seems great. We, like, I I think that he is a firecracker. Okay. I think he's been, like, ready. He's also a whistler, but He's a whistler? He is a whistler. Um, But he, yeah, I would like to work with him. Speaking of whistling, here's Jamal from Vokai who also picked up on Ronnie's musical tendencies and had a really fun idea for what to do with him. Uh, that guy. So he sings well. And I know that because he, like, hums in the, in the line. And he hums really, like, on key. I'm a singer, too, so I can recognize that. So I'm thinking I want to connect with him on, like, a musical level and see if we can get, like, a code going back and forth through music. Like a music code? Wouldn't that be fun? Wait, how would that work? Wouldn't that be so cool? So, so if I, so I was... The, wa- the Wandoff architect in me is, is twitching right now. This <laughs> yeah. is incredible news. No, this would be amazing. So, if, so, I, was, so I was thinking, like, all right, so if, uh, if something has to switch up at Tribal or something, I might, like sing my answer back to Jeff in A minor, right? And he would know that if I go minor with it, I mean this person. But if I go major with it, then it, it's actually that other person. Wow. I'm, I'm thinking we can do some fun things. Wait, can you give me a difference between A minor and A major right now just so I could try and tell? Uh, no. <laughs> Why? You'd be so good for the podcast! No, no. Oh, man. No. Tragically, Ronnie and Jamal's duet alliance will never come to pass, obviously. That's how the cookie crumbles on Survivor. Sometimes, as in poker, the cards are just not in your favor, as Ronnie knew all too well heading into the game. You can't win a fucking tournament in one day. You can't win Survivor in one vote. You can lose it. You can lose it, just like in poker. You can't win in one hand, but you can lose it, man. Yeah. That's what it's, a, it's a famous saying in poker. Like you, you, can, you can bust out of one hand, you can't win a tournament in one yeah. hand. So there's 20 of you guys out here. 20. One of you wins. Hopefully it's you. I hope so, Wiggler. Somebody goes home first, dude. Somebody goes through all the shit that you've gone through to go home first. Yeah, and it's you, and like I feel like you know all the shit we go through because we do. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been doing this for a few years, so I've yeah. sat across from many of you guys at this yeah. point. You know, you're number one today, but you're you know you know sixty or seventy at this point. So I know what you go through to come yeah. out here. It's a lot. It's a lot, man. How much would it break you if you were the first one out? It'd break my heart, bro. I, my whole life, the things that happened to me in my life. There's things that I've endured, things I've overcome, the life that I lived, they can fucking make a movie out of it, to be honest with you, I swear to God. The things that I've seen, 
everything I've done, the health issues I've had, that I've overcome, like the, you know, the things that I've, the scares that I've had, the shit that I've done to prepare for this show, the family I grew up in, you know, I don't know if there's mentally a more well-prepared player than myself. I don't know physically, you know, I'm not sure. I hope we'll see, but I'll never fucking give up. That's something that'll never happen. I never give up in life, dude. And if I'm the first one out, I'll probably cry. Like literally, you know, when they're like, you know, they have the accident and like the thing when they show yep. you after the votes are read and they show you like, you know, it's been a great experience for me. I'm gonna be like, fuck no! And they like just, they're gonna be like, just, I'm gonna blow up. And yeah. I, I probably won't blow up, but I'll cry, say something heartfelt. Yeah. And I'll be at Ponderosa in tears. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Good man. stuff, dude, Good absolutely. Stuff. Appreciate it. Don't forget me. Speaking with me at Tribal Council moments after snuffing Ronnie's torch, Jeff Probst weighed in on the first elimination of the season and even meditated on why it makes him want to bring back one of Survivor's most recent and controversial format twists. I feel for Ronnie because, you know, you get to know these people through the casting process, and he's such a deep thinker, an emotional guy, a nice guy, and... I don't know what he did at camp that got his game thrown off, but I'm guessing it had something to do with a first impression or people thought he was sketchy or he's too smart. Maybe they picked up on the poker thing, even though he doesn't sound like he was telling people. I don't know. I felt bad. This is a weird season. I, everybody is so likable. Yeah. I think it's going to be some really tough tribals. And I'm also really curious how this is going to feel on the heels of extinction. Because I know there are purists who think you should never have a second chance island. But right now, I'd kind of like to see Ronnie on an island living alone. Yeah, what has he got going what on? What has he got going on over there on, on, in an alternate universe when we have extinction happening? So I'm still on the fence about whether we bring extinction back or not. I, I definitely am open to it. No need to visit the edge of extinction or an alternate reality to find out what happened next to Ronnie. All you need to do is keep listening to this podcast. What follows is my conversation with Ronnie Barta back in mid-March of 2019, the morning after he was voted out of Survivor. The two of us sat across from each other at Ponderosa, the place where the players dwell after their eliminations. Ronnie sleeplessly forked an egg white omelet around on his plate, occasionally sipping on a hot tea. This card-carrying Survivor fan turned player, who was so confident and so self-assured in the days leading up to the game, was speaking with me about his short time on the island with much less bravado than the last time that we had met. Neither he nor I had the benefit of watching the full events of the Survivor season premiere at that time, of course. So his account of those three days, and my understanding of his account, lacks the bigger picture context of what went down. What you're going to hear, then, is the raw emotion of a man processing what happened, getting some details wrong in the process, but getting others surprisingly right. If nothing else, he was dead on about the cold, hard, undeniable fact. After only three days on the beach, Ronnie's shot at winning $1 million, much like One World, was out the window. And here, staring out a window at Ponderosa as rain poured down outside, Ronnie was left looking at more than a month away from the rest of the world, with little else to do other than think about where things went wrong and where things might go for him now from here on out. How you feeling, dude? Um, still, Talk to me. Still, like, taking everything in, you know. Um, pretty, obviously, pretty, it sucks. Disappointed. Pretty disappointed. Uh, feeling a, a bit embarrassed for myself and for, uh, you know, some of the friends back home, you know what I mean? But I made, I made hella mistakes. Uh, it's, you know, Survivor is something that 
when you watch at home, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Uh, you know, for myself, I just didn't, I was ex extremely, extremely tired out there. You know, um, if people are listening, obviously they're not listening now because you're recording. Yeah. When you, if you ever come on Survivor, make sure you're in perfect health uh, because, uh, or at least figure it out that, you know, you go out there and you have everything controlled. You know, if you have any, any issues, they can just exaggerate, 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 and you're going to feel it more and it's going to really mess with you mentally and you're, you, you have to be in the right mindset to play the game. And, um, you can't make mistakes. You know, I, I made plenty. And as soon as I made them, literally after I would say something to one person or I would be in like a four-way conversation and say something, like as soon as I said it, I like, I'm very self-aware and I, I'm like, fuck, why did I say that? You know, that was bad, that was bad. Mistake after mistake after mistake, especially after our first immunity challenge loss. I don't, I, honestly, I don't think that I was ever a target until I, uh, I, you know, the, the few mistakes, and I remember some of the mistakes I made, you know. Um, as soon as we got back, we were in a conversation with, it, it, it was me, Aaron, um, Vince, Missy, and Karishma. Yeah. So it was all the minorities, basically. I mean, you want to put, you know, uh, a, Sephardic Jew in there as a minority. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, so we had that whole, and Missy was preaching the whole minority thing, we should stay strong, and we should, like, you know, we can grab Tom in, and we got, we'll, we'll be able to keep this tribe strong, who we're looking at, and nobody was, no, like, nobody wanted to talk. Like, nobody ever wants to throw a name out there, so we're just all talking, and nobody wants to come out and speak about, you know, everybody just, what, everybody's like, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, everybody's just playing the game. I mean, no one wants like, to say anything. Nobody wants to say anything. I mean, the whole tribe is playing well. I mean, literally, there's nobody out there like, ah, this, she sucks, you know, like, old survivors you watch, you know, it's just like, there's no one. It's a good on, crew. There's no one on the tribe literally blurting out names. Like, there's nobody out there, you know, just, and I knew that coming in that that's the game I wanted. I mean, I wanted to play. I wanted to play kind kind of an under you know under the radar game in the beginning, but I just didn't. Um, so yeah, we're in a, we're in a we're in a circle of uh, I don't know five of us, and I just you know I just said yeah, I like to keep the tribe strong also, and I just mentioned that Chelsea seemed really flustered at the challenge when she lost uh, the puzzle. I mean, when she was you know up there when she was doing it, like I could see she kind of gave up mentally. And I said, that's something that, you know, for me, I want to play with players that never give up mentally, that, that they would, you know, physically give up before. And, and like, you can, you know, you can see it hurt. I mean, she's pretty fit and she just like halfway through and they just got to like that, like when the other tribe got to their third tower, she was just like, it's over. She was, yeah, she was like, Ugh. and everybody's like, oh, we still, we're still in and you can catch up. And she just, you know, just kind of, you know, and then Vince also, he was out of it too and he was like kind of the corner and he and he's an emotional guy so but he's in a he's in the group so nobody's obviously talking about him and uh, we come up with um, uh, Elaine you know as a as a group and I think it was Aaron who kind of brought that up but you know the way he brought it up was extremely smooth of course he's playing per he's playing a flawless game right now you think so yeah I, yeah he's playing really really well you know, uh, by the way he, I mean, they love him and the way he speaks and the way he, you know, he just, the way he like talks is uh, like survivor, like perfect, you know? 
Um, so as soon as that happens, Vince goes off and like we have a plan for Elaine, but he goes off and he's paranoid. He starts to cry first of all there with us about you know the puzzle. Yeah. He, he breaks down in tears, and then he runs off and goes tells Chelsea about what, you know, that I said that. And uh, I forget who comes back and tells me that he said that to her, or that that at least you know yeah. He, he tells somebody, somebody, I think it was Karishma who, comes, who came to tell me. I think Karishma's the one who didn't vote for me in you know, okay. last night tribal. You know, I, I know I'm all over the place. No, it's good, it's fine. Yeah, I got two, you know, two votes were for Vince, obviously me, and I think it was, I mean, I'm guessing it was Karishma. And so you voted for Vince because he, he leaked that out? No, this will, this will come later. Yeah. So, then, we had, Elaine was our, 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 our you know, choice we had six votes at this point with tom but the thing is tom and elaine you know, developed a really really good french a really good bond out there in the three days so we wanted to use somebody as a decoy um, for tom we had so we had six votes with with dean and we were going to grab chelsea and so we we're going to have seven and we were going to have um it was going to be unit i mean eight with we're trying to pull people in at this point but before we pulled vince because Vince is going nuts, he's running around the place, and he's just like scrambling. And uh, I guess Elaine uh, actually at one point went out to look for an idol because yeah. she was worried. So we tried to pull Tom in. We we're talking to Tom, and before Aaron to speak to Tom, which I should have let him because they had a better relationship. I went to Tom, and you know, because we spoke about a decoy for for Tom to vote for, right? So we, we he was like, oh. We two, you think Karishma or um, or Vince it was his choices, and me and Karishma are really pretty tight. And I should have just said, you know, yeah, Vince is Vince is the guy. I said, yeah, Vince or Karishma, that that could work. And he's like, yeah, Karishma would be my choice. And I'm just let me just sit. Yeah, tea. absolutely. I'm st I'm still like, yeah. I didn't sleep out there three days. I I, I got maybe three hours and three nights. So I feel like a zombie, man. It's uncomfortable in the shelter? Yeah. I was the one, the first one who didn't, none of us slept in the shelter. I'll get to that in a little, but yeah. it was a disaster. Uh, at least we all slept in the beach every night. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I got bit by crabs. Like, I kept waking up every 10 minutes. Like, crabs are on my feet and my head. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real. Like, you don't know yeah. how real it is until you're out there. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, it's one of the reasons why the show resonates with people so much is because it feels real when you're, when you're watching it. But, you know... Even like the times that I've come out here and like I feel like the grit, like I can't even fathom what you guys go through, you know. Let alone someone who's just you know listening to this on their couch can't even imagine being kept up by crabs all night. Yeah, uh, crabs. It's it's wet. Sometimes it rains. Like it, it'll rain a little and then go away, and then yeah. we have to go back to the shelter and just like and sit in a shelter that was just disgusting because nobody wanted to work on it. Nobody. And uh, yeah. So okay. So I told Tom like, yeah, Karishma will 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 be fine, you know, and. Then Aaron came over and we spoke to, to, me and Aaron spoke to Tom together, and Aaron persuaded Tom to, you know, he was like, would you have a problem with anybody out here? And he's like, you know, he did say, oh, I, I would like to, you know, I, I want to keep the tribe strong. Tom's all about keeping the strength of the tribe, you know, of course, the big man. He's, yeah. uh, you know, we can't lose another immunity challenge, this and that. And he's like, he's like, would you have a problem with anybody out there? And, and, and he kind of, you know, got the idea of where we were coming at, you know, where we were going with that. And he said, if, if it has to be Elaine, like, I understand. 
You know, I really don't want it to be. I would like it if it was Vince or Karishma, or, you know, particularly Karishma. And, you know. And why Elaine? She's very, she was very, like, she had a compelling story. She was, she was a bit, you know, everybody loved her in the tribe. Uh, she's, a, she's a stitch. She's a stitch, yeah. And Aaron spoke, Aaron brought a good point up. He said, you know, if we, if we lose another immunity challenge and she's here and there's a tribe swap, you know, and she continues, like, she continues to, you know, the, strengthen the relationships that she's made with Beisel and Chelsea and Tom, and we can't just get rid of her. Um, if there's a tribe swap, one of us go to, you know, we, are, we go to a tribe with, without the numbers and she's there with you, and, I, like, you're probably going to leave before she does because she's just very, like, you know, she's, she has, she's just, like, people love her. Yeah. She's, you know, and... He made a good point. He's like, I, he's like, I'd rather go to a tribe with, with Vince or with a lot of people here. I think I can win, you know. And I don't know. Somebody who would go ahead of me. Yeah, but I mean, Aaron's, you know, I, I don't see Aaron getting voted out before the, uh, you know, until the merge or right before the merge because he's just a, you know, really, really nice kid. And so I, I think his, his, his story is slightly bullshit, but, but he made a, it made a lot of sense for me. It made a lot of sense for people in that conversation. We're like, yeah, yeah, that does make sense. So, and, and, and made a lot of sense for Tom. And Tom was like, yeah. So Elaine was, she was the vote. So we had her, you know, that, that's where we were coming at. And then she walks up. Elaine walks up and, and Aaron's like, she didn't know what to do. She didn't even want to jump in the conversation. It was like five of us. And Aaron's like, come on in, come on in, Elaine. And we spoke for about, you know, half an hour. And Elaine was pitching her, you know, pitching with, with her, you know, about her. It's like what she did at Tribal Council, she did there. Yeah. It's just like, and she won over the crowd again. And... Now Vince is the vote. Okay? That's what I thought. Now Vince. And it was. Um, at that point, I, I believe, I'll, I'll see you later wholeheartedly that like that was the vote. Yeah. And then I went off and this was like another like a, a ridiculous, like, you know, sleep deprived, stupid mistake of mine. I like go talk to Karishma about what just happened between me and Tom, just in case I didn't get back to her. Just to double check, basically. Just to double check with her. Like, I wanted to make sure. She didn't even know what was going on either. Like, you know, um, me, Aaron, and Tom spoke about who's going to speak to her. And, I was, you know, I said, you know, I'll go over, obviously, this. Like, they, you know, they both asked me if I can go talk to her. So I talked to her. And I let her know, like, this is what happened. This is a conversation that was had. Um, you know, Tom was thinking about, you know, yourself or, or Vince, but, you know, particularly yourself. And we were going to just use you as a decoy vote, like, for one person. You know, I, 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 and I was going to come over and make sure you're comfortable with that. Like, this is like information, like, why am I telling her this? The plan is now Vince. Like, who cares? You know, she doesn't have to know. Tom was never going to tell her, like, hey. But I just, like, gave her information that was ridiculously, like, there was no, there was no point in this. Like, you know? Yeah. I guess at the time, I just wanted to keep her afloat. What everything was going on, just to strengthen our relationship and tell her, hey, like, I, you know, I had her back and she was never going home. But it led her to go speak to Tom, and Tom and her had this conversation, and I, I, I believe that I seen him in the corner, and I was just sitting there watching. I believe that Tom was like, "Yeah, Ronnie was on board to vote you," you know, like he said, "Yeah, Karishma," you know, like, and then we. So I kind of, I think I lost her trust there. But even though I, I, I we had, then we had another conversation. I said, you know, no, I was, you're never going home. It's just that one. But it just like led me to look untrustworthy and. You know, it, it was it was bad, and I, I made another mistake in a conversation where, um, where like Vince was in the conversation, 
and we were voting for a lane, and then we were speaking of a decoy, a decoy, a decoy vote, and I, uh, I said something like, well, who, it's, who is it going to be? But like, all suspect. Yeah, I'm sorry if, I, if I'm not making no, uh, keep much going. sense. No, you're great. You're perfect. But just all in all, I made mistake after mistake after mistake and about within like three hours, and it was probably like four, you know, four spots where I just, like, as soon as I said it, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You've sensed it immediately. Dude, immediately. Like, I'm not, like, immediately. I'm yeah. talking about, like... Instantly. Instantly. It's as if, you know, like, when you talk about poker, it's as if you, you when you do something in a hand, you, you're like, oh, shit, that was a mistake. Or a really good, a really good uh, analogy is when, like, you, you're bluffing and your opponent picks up a tell on you and you know it. Yeah. Like, you just, like, you did something stupid, you're like, shit. And you're like, oh, fuck, how am I going to fix this? And I'm like, sit back. And, and he's like, and he just sits there and laughs, like, I call. Like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Like, you know, I, like, you're bluffing. And you're like, yeah. But you know, like, you sense what he just picked off picked up off of you. And I sensed, you know, the players looking, like, feeling feeling me out. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So did you feel, so you felt like you were in trouble at Tribal last night then? Yeah, I did. Um, especially when I seen Dean, Tom, because I, I, I went on a walk, and that was, that was when everything happened. I went on a walk, and while I was, you know, giving my confessional, about, you know, 150 yards up, I could see Tom, Aaron, Vince, a couple of the girls, you know, uh, like, you know, Chelsea and... They're all just sitting in, in the water. There's like six of them. And I just felt like shit. They were talking about you. I knew they were talking about me. I knew that was a possible choice. But I was like, you know, in terms of like strength-wise, like I just gave my all. I mean, and, and the immunity challenges. And uh, I just felt like I don't think they can get rid of me at this point, you know? Yeah, and it's I, an early time to cut you. It's an early time to cut me. I and mean, we don't have them. Like, their men compared to ours. And... You know, our women, I feel like, are much stronger than theirs. Even though they, you know, they have a they, they good, they're both really good, you know, packed tribes, but our men comparison, like comparison, we needed to keep like, so I just didn't, I just didn't see them getting rid of me right now. And I was like, all right, I have a lot of damage control. Like, and even though you're like exhausted and depressed and sad at this point after all those mistakes I like you make and you know, and you come back, like all right so at the walk after the walk i had like a half an hour or maybe less and you know you hear them okay you know come on we're, we're gonna be in lockdown in like 10 minutes get dressed but you can still talk for like 15 minutes we're in the lockdown and i just this is the when i see tom dean and aaron come back from the well and they'll probably show it on it's 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 a, it's a spot where like i know the cameras are on me and i just like kind of like glance my eyes at them walking and then like chelsea she's just i mean uh she has a zero, in my opinion, she has a zero percent chance to win. Yeah. Uh, she's like, the, she's just, I don't know, she's a, she's a major tell box. I mean, I, I seen her in the shelter as soon as I came over. Like, as soon as I came over, Tom and her are just like not, they're just tell boxes, right? So, because when I came over, they just, they switched the subject in like the worst way ever when I walked over to the shelter to get dressed. The way that you knew they were talking about you yeah, before you showed up. Yeah, so bad. I'm yeah. just like, oh shit. And I meant it when I, and during tribal council, and I told Elaine, I was like, you never know, you know, the plan. I meant it for Vince and myself. I'm like, you know, things changed. I knew she wasn't going home. I knew it was either me or Vince. Yeah. And because of, because of the shit that I, uh, I said, you know, um, 
Yeah. Everybody comes out here to to win, but beyond that, everyone comes out here for you know their own personal journey. You learned the stories of nine other people, you know, yeah. assuming that they were honest. Uh, but you know, you 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 learned a lot about these other people while you were while you were there on that beach. You've got your own reasons for being out here. Can you still get any of that? You know, having been in the game for three days, coming out, and you're you know you're going to be here in Fiji. You're going to be away from your world. Yeah, I think so. You have nothing else to do but think, read, uh, reflect about life in the past 36, you know, well, 36 years, whatever I can remember of that, and the mistakes you made in relationships with people, um, mistakes you made, you know, uh, approaching different things and different aspects and just your path and where you want to go from here. And, uh, you know, it's all about learning from your mistakes and, you know, doing better. And, uh, it, for me, it's like purpose, you know, and, and meaning and figuring out, you know, what that is for me. Just until about a couple of years ago, I started reading, you know, I never read as a child. I never, you know, I didn't have much education. So, you know, just starting to pick up some books and, and getting other people's stories. And I probably read about 10, 11 books now in 12. That's a lot for me in the last two, two years of how busy I am. And uh, in my childhood, I probably read two books. So I'm gonna start reading a lot more. I'm, I've, I, you know, I have nothing to do besides read and uh, think and write. You know, I, I'm not a big. I was never a big writer. I never wrote anything. Uh, and just re to start journaling and I, I really, they caught me. They, you know, they get you really vulnerable uh, out there when you're like, you know, exhausted and depressed. And they, they just pull, they push these buttons. Yeah. And it's confessionals. You know, he's like, oh, and one of my confessionals, he spoke to me about. You know, so Aaron, you guys seem like you guys are hitting it off. Like, is, is, is that somebody who you look up to or someone you, who, who, you know, tell me about your guys' relationship. And I was like, yeah, Aaron's a, uh, you know, me and him are from the same area. He's from Warwick, I'm from Brockton. But we had two different paths. You know, he, had, he, he, he seems like a guy who had his family had it together, you know, and he's a married man with a child, you know, the boy. And, you know, my life went the opposite. My life, I come from a really dysfunctional home and, um, my parents got divorced really early, and I didn't have much guidance or much, you know, like, direction, really, as a child, and I just did what I, I knew how to do, like, I, what I seen, which was gambling and, and, and running off and hustling, you know, and it's something that I really want for my life is, like, you know, I want some stability and some structure soon, and I would like to, you know, have a family, and, and is in these, like, is that, is that what you, do you see yourself having children? Do you see yourself, you want to have a child one day and a family? You, you, you want to do better with your life. You want to, and this is like, you're sitting there and you start to like, get all, like, your chest starts to tingly, yeah. and tingly, and you get really emotional, and then you start to cry. Like, it's, it's, like, do you, he's like, do you want a family? Do you, you think it's too late for you to, you know, you know, just, and he just, like, they, they know what they're doing. They, they know how to get to you and they know how to get a story out of you. And I started the ball. And what I was talking about was like playing poker. When you play cards and you're out there living that fast life, it, it's changed, it's, don't get me wrong, like poker's been great, you know, in terms of like it's, I have, I, I almost amassed like at one point, you know, close to a million dollars, like, you know, cash, like six, 700,000 was my like, high point. And that, that money's like not all gone, but that when my high point was like 2010, I was like feeling great. Poker was going well. I had like I, I just came off like winning like 307,000 2010 in cash games. I was crushing, traveling the world. But when you play cards, like 10 hours goes by, 
within like a two, it feels like two hours. Yeah. It's it's so fast. Your life goes by like it's like when you're in a when you're like playing basketball, an hour feels like you know five. Yeah. Because you just can you you know it's like when you're like if you're never if you ever got in a fight as a child. Yeah. Like a forty second fight feels like. Like a, a, a year, a year. When you're in Survivor, you know. So I compared Survivor and poker. I'm like a Survivor, like a day felt felt like a month. A month. You know, the three days out there felt like you know, like a month. You know, the three days out there felt like a long, long time. You like time traveled. Yeah, and when you're playing cards, your life kind of you know. So when you're waking up like early in the morning and you're getting you know, and you're staying up all day till the night, it's just like you feel like you're getting more out of life. And in the poker world, for me, my schedule is like I wake up at like one o'clock and. You know, played all three hours of the night and you just like go to bed and you're kind of living unhealthy and you're traveling everywhere and you're just like getting up at different times and you know it, the last 16 years have been great have been fun but it's the last two years is where I've kind of shifted and like this is not the life I want to live anymore so when I came out here I was hoping that like you know you know I had a lot of thinking and, play, and obviously playing the great game of Survivor of course like I want to you know I wanted to win but I, I was prepared in terms of like I knew how to approach the game I knew what I wanted to do but I just didn't execute yeah. didn't execute any like I made everything I wanted to do I did the opposite yeah. in terms of conversations like conversations I had with people the vibe that I gave off you know I let like you know I just yeah you're gonna be okay out here yeah it's gonna be fun it just sucks being the first one off I know it's depressing like yeah. if the second one off feels like way better yeah it sucks but at least there's somebody under you. Yeah, but you get a podcast, man, right? Well, like, I'm, not, Wiggler, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not talking to the second one off. You yeah. know? How, how old are you? Uh, 34. Oh, you're not talking to the second one off? No, I'll eventually. But you, know. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the star treatment, my friend. Yeah. I guess the first one off is like, people may remember, you know, and yeah. then like the, like the last seven, you know. Yeah. Remember, so I kind of, uh, that was, that's not true. You'll be but, remembered. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's, I'm a part of Survivor history now and it's really cool but it's just like who wants a viewing party for one episode you know who wants a, yeah. you know who wants you know then the poker world's like you, you post on your Twitter you, you post on social media like you know Twitter's that's what we what we basically use in poker you know and nobody really you know poker players don't have like they have Facebooks and Instagram but it's like all Twitter right so who wants to post like, oh, watch me on Survivor, and like, I know I'm gonna come off as a guy. They're gonna show all because like in the confessional I talk about, I talked about, I made mistakes, and I recognized them right away, with like a half an hour leading up to getting going. You know, I talked about that, so I, I know they're gonna like show each clip. You know, me talking like four different four different spots, and the mistakes that I made because I explained them in much better detail than I did to you because it was just I was so fresh off of them yeah. right? and I didn't just wake up like I did now you'd think I'd be more fresh after getting like eight, seven hours of sleep finally did you sleep through the night? yeah I woke up once to, like, and I was like I thought I was still there and yeah. I was like oh, I'm in a comfortable bed <laughs> there's a silver lining right? yeah yeah Ronnie Barda's the first one out of Survivor Island of the Idols, but he won't be the only one exploring the silver linings of Ponderosa for long. 18 others will fall short of their quest for the sole Survivor title, with only one player walking away with the million-dollar prize. Tune into THR.com slash Survivor all season long for my coverage of Island of the Idols and the highs and lows along the way. 
For now, that's going to do it for us on Series Regular. Subscribe to Series Regular on your podcast app of choice. And make sure to email your questions, comments, and feedback to seriesregular at thr.com. You can also send them to me on Twitter, at Round Howard. Until next time, take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>